my opposer when I want freedom. You my opposer when I want justice. You my opposer when I want equality. Want me to go somewhere and fight for you? You won't even stand up for me right here in America. So. This is the rundown. Don't forget, this is the rundown with the boys, the group, whatever we decide to be that day. Hired a, a office coordinator. Who did? Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Finally, it's in permission. They finally hired a, uh, like a, you know what I'm saying, were named the offensive coordinator because you know they was doing a little collaborative thing at first, which didn't work out so well towards the end. But I think, you know what I'm saying, that's what it's about, finding identity, you know what I'm saying, a good up-and-coming coach, young coach. Bro, is we on air? Yeah. Uh, this is you know crazy. Saying, young, young, young black coach. Yeah, you got to so, them, bro. You know what I'm saying, the Alabama offense was, you know what I'm saying, aside from the national championship game, pretty explosive offense. Yeah. A freshman, you know what I'm saying? A lot of true freshmen, a red shirt freshman receivers out there, you know what I'm saying, making plays. So what'd you say they gotta do with Tariq Black? Uh Tariq Black? Yeah, what'd you say they need to do with Oh, him? just don't let him practice. No, <laughs> no summer practicing for him, just you know what I'm saying, let him on the jug machine all summer. Uh, he don't need to go through no contact. Because, you know what I'm saying, you're gonna need him to go forward and I think like a third like injury that That'd be devastating. Put him, wrap him in bubble, uh, bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. <laughs> Red jersey. You know what I'm saying? Don't even take a chance on it. Because, you know what I'm saying, you know what he can do. So, it's like, you don't got nothing else to prove. So, I, so basically, uh, U of M's uh, new new uh, OC should basically put them in that better position to score consistently. To score, you're right. And, like, uh, vertically, you know what I'm saying? spread the field out and like uh it's really bro Shea Patterson is timing bro that's really really what it is because you, know you look at some of the other like elite quarterbacks in the country mm -hmm. and like how they they put the ball up and let their receivers like run under it and it was kind of like every it seemed like every pass you know what I'm saying? Deep deep ball that Michigan took this year was like short or you know underthrown or the receivers had to come back to the ball. And I just think it's a timing thing. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you gotta throw it to a spot and not, you know what I'm saying, to a person. I feel that. Yeah. Where where he's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, where his anticipation. Anticipation throws. Cause like you, know what I'm you look at Tua and sometimes you just seem like uh Judy just running out of nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come out of nowhere. <laughs> right under the ball, you know what I mean? And you know what I'm saying, just uh like I said, the coordinator coming over from Alabama should be able to help with that. Yeah, no, it'd be a good year for Michigan. Um, so, so who's gonna be more pass happy? So, who's gonna repre uh, replace the other guys that uh, at oh, dude, uh, you can't know. beat them, join them, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> them, them guys. That's how it look. Oh, That's funny. It's gonna be hard. I don't know, cause cause you got Greg Madison defensive line, and who was on defensive line for us was um, Winovich and them. Then you got Al Washington was a linebacker coach, and that was who um. Who's Devin the kid? Bush. Devin Bush. And then you got Gary on the defensive line, too. So it's like, these are obviously Who's great coaches who, who help coach some great talent. You know, so it's going to be hard to fill those shoes. But, you know, like, Michigan always bounce back. It's going to be people who couldn't beat us, so they're going to join us. So <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> the carousel continues. Yeah, the carousel does continue. And I was, you know, I was, uh, I was pleased with the fact that uh, I saw a tweet during a Florida Michigan game from someone I used to work with and he said the number one thing that Jim Harbaugh has to just consider or do 
is to stop calling plays on offense yeah, and give it to someone else. And yeah. they did that. And so uh, that's that's a good direction and a positive direction uh, for U of M in terms of the offense. Defense has always really been solid. But you just what, – what do they have to do really defensively? Because uh, they, they play well for the most part, but then it's like when they run into those elite opponents, uh, things kind of go left. They just need to be more um, – like more versatile, like switching up packages, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool to, like, out-muscle your opponent or out-talent them. But when it comes to, like, you know what I'm saying, the Ohio States and the Floridas of the world. Who going to pass on you. Right, that you can't necessarily out-talent or, you know what I'm saying, out-athletic. You know what I'm saying? You can't be more athletic than them. I think you should, like, go more to, like, some 4-3 under type things or, you know what I'm saying, some zone type coverages instead of, like. Instead of man-to-man. Because it's not it's not the Big Ten everywhere you go. So you can nobody's always going to run the ball. Exactly. That's the Big Ten for you, though. Because you get to play in Ohio State, who's abnormal in the Big Ten because they throw the ball. Spread. Yeah, they you know, spread they, it out. And we go play Florida, you know, who's fast. So you need to play zone. Like, you know, and it's no offense to those to the kids that, like, are our Michigan team. But if they're faster, you play zone, you know. Give them space so then you can come up and make the tackle or make the big play, you know. And I think uh, U of M will be, you know, heading in uh, the right direction offensively with Jim making that move, you know, Jim making that move to the to get an OC and just become the CEO, just become the CEO of of the team, you know, have someone, you have Don Brown, Don Brown is still going to be calling the plays defensively. They just got to find uh some more position coaches in terms of who's going to be the next linebacker coach, um who's going to be the next uh receivers coach. Do you have a receivers coach yet? Pep, uh, I think they said Pep might step up. I think it's like Pep Hamilton. Uh, okay. Might step up, but then I don't, they don't know. Like it's still a um, mystery. But they, I don't know. Harbaugh has some things underway that he's probably gonna, you know, reach into and put people in places. And what's gonna happen is gonna be people who are lower down who are gonna step up into those higher positions, and then he'll probably just hire other people for like the for the wide receivers and offensive line coach stuff like that. Now we're we're sitting here and we're talking about coaches and we're talking about coaching and. All four of us gentlemen, we're all black. You know, we're all black gentlemen. And uh, two, two of you have, have had the opportunity, you know, to play um, college athletics. And so I must ask this question. Um, how important is it to see faces like yourself in coaching positions? Very important. Because a lot of the times, me being a coach myself, a lot of the times, like, my – uh. One of my professors told me this actually is a white guy, but I felt where he was coming from. He said it will be kind of easier for me to get a job than, I'm not going to say like a white person, but like uh, someone who wasn't into like the fitness field and stuff. But, uh, specifically, one of the things that he said was because I'm uh, very well versed. I can talk to multiple different types of uh, ethnicities, multiple different types of people different ways, you feel me, in a different way, in a way that a white male might not be able to talk to you. So, like, when I was in the weight room, I could talk to the football players a certain way to how Coach Novak couldn't. Mm-hmm. But they'll respect me and listen to me certain ways where the other interns didn't have that pool. You feel me? Yes. So just me, like, just having, like, a black face, I guess, or somebody that looked like them to tell them what to do. Yeah, somebody to tell them what to do. And it looks like them. Like, I don't know, it goes a long way. You run time in. Oh yeah, it just you can relate to you know what I'm saying people that come from your background, from your culture, and you more you feel more comfortable around them, and you feel more comfortable playing for them. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, as far as with me, I I feel that um, 
having that familiar face that you've like grown up with. So, you know, like, I think it, it goes back to that. Like I've had African-American coaches all through my, my life. I've also had Caucasian coaches, but to see that familiar face, to somebody that can understand my struggle and understand what I go through on a day-to-day basis um, helps with the recruitment process. Cause then it, it doesn't even, like as far as like once you're already there, you know, say you're going through something, it might be easy to go to that face that you know, you know they've been through that you they've been through either your same shoes, or they've had this conversation with another person that was just like you. So like when when kids are getting recruited, like they look at that, you know, they look at that either that father figure, or that mother figure. Like for me, because I ran track and it was a woman who recruited me who was African American, you know, from from Jamaica. So not African American, but from Jamaican, you know. So like that was cool for me because it was like you know you like I wasn't used to seeing these like faces like mine in a higher position you know to bring me into a better opportunity. So I think that really does help like having familiar people around you. You know I appreciate you um, elaborating on that, Jamar, um, because I think it's very important me not being an athlete but just being in, like a position that I'm in and not seeing enough faces like it's like the higher you go it's like the less faces like yourself that the you bigger meet. the minority becomes like, yeah the bigger the minority becomes you know you it's less people like you that you see and i think as an athlete and i think i think as an athlete i think that's very important that um they see faces that look like them and so so it's relatable you know i can come and talk to you about something that i may not be able to talk to someone who doesn't look like me and may not understand where i come from like you as white coaches they come in they come in neighborhoods and they grab these kids but they're only grabbing them as far as like talent goes but are you really diving in into like to who they are as a person and like what they represent and what where they come from and a lot of black coaches don't really necessarily get that opportunity to um, reach those type of positions where they're OCs or you know defensive coordinators or or they have the pool. or head coaches, head coaches the, yeah. you know head coaches and now that's like the prime it, and it all starts at the pipeline how we mentioned earlier um, head coaches need to be considered for black for uh, for black coaches whether yeah. it's whether it's them being. Uh, position coaches moving towards becoming head coaches or becoming OCs and then or DCs and then becoming a head coach. But a lot of a lot of opportunities for uh, black coaches are only in the realm of either running back coach or defensive coordinators or on a defensive side of the ball. But never you never really see um, QB coaches that are that are black and most or QB coaches that are black become OCs and then ended up becoming head coaches exactly. so I think that's that's an uh, issue that also needs to be addressed and the reason why I bring up you know all this coach all these things about the coaching situation is because Florida State has a coach and um, I sent you the story um, Malik you, maybe you chime in on the Florida State's coach but Florida State's uh, basketball coach he is on a run for a remarkable situation. He's accomplishing um, a lot of wins. He's gotten a lot of wins. Uh, he's near 600. He should have 600 <laughs> within the next two seasons, and I think that's a, I think that's pretty remarkable for an African American um, coach. Uh, he's coaching at Florida State. They play Duke today. Uh, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I know Duke's a superior team, but I'm rooting for um, head coach Leonard Hamilton, uh, 70 years old. Um, his his career started at uh, Austin P. Uh, they put together a team. They went back to back in uh, 1974. And um, one of the things he said in his story was that he cries every time he thinks about the story because he was um, one of the first black coaches to be put into uh, that conference. You know, into the um, 
where whatever conference that Austin P is in, that was um one of the first opportunities for that black coach, and it kind of took off from there. And now you look at it, he's at a Florida State program. So what does that say about, you know, just the steps and, like, what we've come from in terms of um, black coaches? Uh, it says that we're breaking the mold. I mean, like, growing up, even growing up, you know, like, you, you just see nothing but other faces. I'll say that, um, coaching. You see white faces. Um, so to be able to see, like, uh, a face of color coaching and being in a – a role of responsibility, authority, you know, the head of a team. I guess hope to other people coming up in that same same way. Like you gives hope to those high school coaches who dream to to be a college coach or anything like that. So it gives hope to the hopeless. It's also kind of like that pay it forward uh, aspect as well, cause kind of like uh, reading a book about the heritage and stuff. Yes. Just uh, you in that position of power, you got that. Uh, you got multiple students or multiple uh, athletes looking up to you and uh, looking at you for guidance and stuff like that. Like, you can use that as a platform to uh, kind of make their situation better or help them make their situation better by giving them advice on, like, life advice, school advice. Uh, like, you was talking about recruiting, like, recruiting up to the uh, next level. Like, some of those coaches that's recruiting at high schools, like you said, they don't care about those students. They just care about the body, you feel me? Yes. And I see it all the time working in academics because... We get transfers in that come in, and we get students that come in that's uh, minorities. And if they're not doing what the coaches say or anything like that, then the coaches want to nut up on them. And sometimes, sometimes like those students don't want to listen to them because they don't, they can't relate to them. Yeah, pause, they can't relate pause, to them. Pause. For those of you who don't know, nut up is the act of getting angry and yelling at someone, <laughs> or getting very aggressive. I didn't even notice with I said them. that. <laughs> I didn't even notice I All said right. that. Let people be known. For those of you who don't know, that's yeah, you know, the yeah, yeah. for the night. I'm sorry, my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> no, you can't. But yeah, yeah, like they don't really, you know, they can't relate to him. So it's like, who is this man yelling at me, telling me what to do, and like he ain't never been through what I've been through. You feel me? Say shout out to David Shaw. Yeah, at Stafford doing this thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. another uh, successful uh, coach at St- running that uh, running that offense, but it's and successful. Stafford, <laughs> yeah, like, but at Stanford, yeah, that's, that's legit. Yeah, like, that's a prestigious school. That's so good, bro. That's great. Yeah. Doing a great thing. Uh, it, it's just it's good, you know, that, that making these strides, you know, from none to you know we got a lot of people to look up to. But I think like the thing that we don't we don't do. I don't think we recognize them enough. Like it's good we recognizing them now. You just don't do it enough. Yeah, you know, and I have to always, you know, give credit when credit's due when it's when it comes to black coaches, cause like, you know, send uh, send. I mean, oop, almost said San Diego. I owe you guys ten push-ups for that. Um, <laughs> no, no kidding. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, they have a black coach, you know, Anthony um, Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. And so I'm rooting for him this weekend, you know, to uh, to beat the Patriots because he's the only active uh, black coach left, you know, what I'm saying the postseason. And so uh, rooting for his success and hoping. That he prevails against them and you know move for moves forward, you know what I'm saying. So, and I say that only because like he's the only one left in the postseason. But after the season, regular season was over with in the NFL. Now that we've moved on to NFL, afterwards, five coaches, five black coaches were fired. Um, Vance Joseph, he was fired. Um, Stephen Wilkes, he was fired. Hugh he was, Jackson. Hugh Jackson, he was fired midway through the season. Yeah. Todd Bowles, he was fired. 
Um, it's it's but, crazy though, cause like it's almost like they're set up to fail. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not. I'm not saying sure. this is conspiracy theory against them. Like it could be, but whatever. Like for they the part, like you fire after one and two years. Yeah, yeah. So you put them in a position where they coaching teams that don't have that much talent or don't even have a culture built up, and then you expect them to work magic in a year or two. You know, like those are those are plans that you have to put yeah, three I'm, three plus years into to get that team like, turned around. Look at like this, like. Look at the other teams uh, around the league, and look who they're getting rid of. They're getting rid of their players. They're getting rid of the coaches. Coach, exactly. I was just going to say, look at Jason Garrett at Dallas. Exactly. What's the last big game you won? You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it is. It's like a little bias going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it goes back to what we've been being taught, you know what I'm saying, our whole life. You got to be two times better to get half of the opportunity. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like they expect, you know what I'm saying, black people to perform at an exceptional, you know what I'm saying, level, like so high just to even get in the door. So it's like, you know what I'm saying, we overcoming all, all my life stuff. I had to fight, boy. <laughs> you feel know I me? Mean? Because so, they look at us as like... Those superhumans, you feel me? And we and are. Not, we not at superhuman power at the moment. They don't want us. Okay, I want to. I want to uh, play this clip by Lewis Reddick, and I want to uh, hear you guys' response on it. Uh, what he said regarding the five um, black coaches being fired, and then no one black getting an opportunity um, in the NFL. Look, we've heard the phrase copycat league thrown around, right? And by copycat league, they mean, it means this. Teams are looking for offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches, really. And they're looking for those guys to really fill that capacity for the team. They're not really looking for head coaches. They're looking for someone to develop quarterbacks. They want the next Sean McVay. They want the guy who can go five wide and throw the ball over the yard and generate excitement. That's what they want. They're not looking for really managers. They're not looking for leaders. They're not looking for teachers. As a matter of fact, when Cliff Kingsbury was hired and they had the press conference down there in Arizona, did you hear ownership down there mentioned anything about Kingsbury's Kingsbury's um, leadership skills, his organizational skills, anything about that, about how he would like to build his program? No, as a matter of fact, Cliff turned to Steve Kime and said, I'm going to rely on him to really build my defensive staff. I'm going to rely on him for this. To they just want guys who really want to coach quarterbacks, and therein lies the problem. How many minority candidates are there that have a quarterback and or offensive coordinator pedigree? How many people have that on their resume? Not very many. One right now, Eric Vietnamy, and where is he? Kansas why City. Isn't, exactly, why isn't he right now being talked about more at the very top here? There's a problem there with that, and there aren't a lot of people in the pipeline coming along. And see, look, people always want to say, well, let's not make this a race issue. I'm not making it a race issue. When I talk about African-American and or minority candidates, I'm really talking about it strictly on a merit-based system. When I talk about people who are non-minorities, all of a sudden, race is never brought into it. How come? And I support plenty of non-minority candidates. As a matter of fact, I was all aboard on Doug Peterson, all aboard on Matt Nagy, right from the get-go, all aboard on Sean McDermott up in Buffalo. Why? Because I know these guys, work with these guys, and know that they're quality people. Right now, there is an issue, though, with people in the pipeline who are minorities coaching these positions that owners are looking for. As simple as that. What's you guys' response to that? Yeah. I mean, I guess because the NFL is trying to evolve with the game of football. You know what I mean? The game of football is kind of evolving, as you can see on the college level. Like he said, spreading them out and, and letting it rip. You know what I mean? And so... It's kind of, you know what I'm saying, it, I understand that they're looking for quarterback coaches, quarterback gurus, you know what I'm saying, they're offensive-minded coaches. And, you know what I'm saying, it's, we got to get more black people in those areas. 
to do those type of things. But um, when it comes to leadership skills and all that good stuff, um, I mean, it's, it's probably more than way more than enough. You know, what I'm saying? African American <laughs> exactly. or minority candidates that's qualified. Exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? to do that as far as culture building. You know what I'm saying who else would you want to go to to build a culture other than you know what I'm saying a black man or the culture? Or, you know what I'm saying a minority. You know what I'm saying figure who's you know what I'm saying foundations is always has always been built on culture. You know what I mean and like family and and strength and stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying? They, the NFL just trying to keep keep up with the times, and there's nothing wrong with that. Man, I, like like I said, like I just don't think we. I, I think we need to multiply in the, in that aspect of offensive coordinators and stuff like that. Like I know it's like a lot, it's a ton of defensive coordinators, defensive back coaches. You know, maybe even wide receiver coaches like and stuff like that. Skill, yeah, skill positions, but like you know, not enough in that offensive coordinator realm. Which it'll get there. Like I'm not even I'm not even worried about that. But like. They put these people um, who were offensive coordinators um, in the position of head coaches, but what about stopping that high-powered offense? You know, like it's plenty, like you said, it's plenty of, of people of color out there or minorities out there who can coach a defense that can stop all that, but they're just not getting that opportunity to be put into that in that position of power. But I do agree with what he said, though. You know, it's like you then what he said. You know, it's just the NFL evolving. You know, it, it's an offensive league. And it's just like the NBA. You know, it's an off it's offense. You know. Yeah, everything is generated generated around uh, offense. offense. Yeah. You need a good defense, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Day of the week. And nobody's coming to a game to watch a the defensive defense. game. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to see those high scoring games. The only people mad about it at the end of the day is the is the coaches. You know, like so yeah, you, you know, the, the big clip. Uh, what's his name? Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. That's what the hype is around him. You know what I'm saying? His his offense is at Texas Tech was supposedly, you know what I'm saying, uh, innovative and like, you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the route tree. Because he was a quarterback too uh, back in the day, right? like that. Yes. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. At Texas Tech? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so we hope that things turn around in a positive direction and, you know, just congratulations to uh, Leonard Hamilton, you know, the uh, college basketball coach at Florida State, you know, having 540 wins, the most of all time at Florida State. And um, he's had a, you know, great journey um, at Oklahoma State and Miami and then, you know, the past 17 seasons, you know, doing it at at Florida State and um, having those boys, you know, turn that Florida State pro- program around. You know, Florida State wasn't really all that that um, that good at basketball in uh, their recent years, and they've been able to like, kind of turn it around and not only, you know, be up in the rankings, but even make NCAA um, tournament berths. So congratulations to him and uh, best of luck today when they play uh, the number one uh, team in the country. This is the rundown. Don't forget, this is the rundown with the boys, the group, whatever we decide to be that day. Right now. Y'all don't even remember that music. Y'all are too young. Yeah. As I'm about to turn well, 26. Okay. Oh, As I'm about to turn uh, 26. Uh, you, you know days. how you're in your late 20s, man. Yeah, you, uh, but no, that's uh, that's NBA on that's uh, NBA on NBC. That's back when Jordan was getting his six rings. You know that's they were all on TV. NBA on NBC. That uh, this theme is Jordan music. free zone. So please do not bring him up. What? I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Oh, what are you talking about? Podcast canceled. Oh yeah, we were going to have to kick you out for sure. But no. NBA basketball. Um, we're talking MVP, and we're talking um, All Stars. So, 
My question to you, Malik, first things first. Who is your midseason MVP and why? I'm going to uh, you're gonna have to come back to me. I got a couple names flowing in my couple head. Names. Couple names. You got a couple names flowing. LeBron James. LeBron James. That's your midseason MVP? Well, no, nah, not midseason because he's been hurt. But if he was still out That's there, really the only reason he's just been hurt. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Giannis. Giannis? Yeah. Why? He's just having a great season, man. Carrying that team. Well, And then that team is good, too. So it's like for him to stand out amongst the, like his team and still be a focal point, still be able to get the buckets he does the way he does is like an amazing thing to do. And then at the size that he is, like it's just cool to watch him play, you know. And then it's 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 efficient too. That's another thing. He's efficiently getting buckets. But if my like my second and third choices out here, if I could put in three, um, my second one would have to be Donovan Mitchell. Uh, like I just said, he is operating right now without the point guards. Best point guard on the team is your two guard, and that's him. Wait, who'd you just say? Donovan Mitchell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey. That's a hot take. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, we said the best point guard. He is the best point guard on that team, yeah. I, oh, yeah, on that team. But he but, said it. Because like, of what he's doing right he now. He said Donovan for that Mitchell team. would be one of his uh, MVP but, yeah. considerates. Because of what he's doing right now for that team. Um, Then my third. No, nah, I'm not even going to. My third is an is MVP. My third is um rookie of the year. That's Luca. Could be MVP, but I don't. I don't think that we gonna go that far. That's real far. You what know how that's Young? a that's a stretch as far as Mo Bamba's wingspan. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Who'd you say, Trey Young? That's I said Luca. No, what I heard you say, Trey Young. No, I said Luca. Rookie of the year, Trey Young. Uh, oh. no, I, yeah. no, I didn't say that, bro. <laughs> but we can fight about it, though. <laughs> no, no, but Trey Young, we did talk about that uh, last night, and yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of other rookies outside of Luka Doncic are playing. You know, having a solid the, the, the uh, year season, the, the year but the they're not getting man. talked about. Uh, I think I might be ready now. <laughs> oh, you're ready now, Malik? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go out on the limb. Oh my God, I'm walking out. Bro, y'all see these numbers? I don't care. They hey, number one in the West. He walked. I, wait, he they number one in the West, and this boy out. is there. He almost averaging a triple double. Listen, if I think you, been, if I think you're about to say who I think, and they are, say. they are number one I'm in the so West. Dead. You about to say Durant? He's not no, about to say Durant. No, not even close. He's to Durant. Not, not even close. Not even for close. right now, bro. In height, right yeah, now? right in height, they are. Yo, so, sh- you go ahead and say Jokic. Oh, for right now, bro, he almost averaging a triple double, and they number one in the West. Yeah, that's debatable, bro. I like, I like no, I like when you know. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that thought process. I don't see him maintaining this level. I don't see him maintaining this level. I don't see Millsap been injured. Oh, yeah, Paul Millsap. Yeah, I just picked him up in uh, NBA half they Half their team been injured. Yeah. Will Barton been injured. He's still hurt. And they number one ben in the hurt. West. Ben dropped him. Number one in the West. <laughs> and Ben waiting for him to get hurt. Yeah, come back so I can pick what him up. What are you doing, bro? Come on. <laughs> but, no. Um, that's a, I like that. You say jokers, right? And how many points? You said 19? 19, 19 10, 10, and 10 and 7. That's nearly a triple-double for a starting like center. 20, 28 and 12. Two games ahead of the Warriors. Two games ahead of the Warriors. All right. So you like Greek. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's not taking nothing away from uh, no, Giannis. Not, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's, that's your opinion. That's your man. He out here no, doing his thing. Right with him. I, who's, yeah. underneath, who's underneath Jokic for you? 
At first, I was going to say James Harden, but I ain't, I'm definitely not saying James Harden. Why not? Just because he <laughs> James Harden on doesn't the ball. get any love on this podcast. He wants sight on the ball. What you yeah. mean? He's an offensive player. He don't play no defense. Like, I heard, who was, who was it talking on uh, TV? Somebody was saying, like, how they was debating on how, I think it was uh, Skip Bayless. He was saying how James Harden is his midseason MVP because he's been carrying the team. Yeah, but then he got to comparing him to uh, Giannis. Giannis plays both sides of the ball. James Harden only played one side of the ball, and he let the the rest of the team take care of the defensive side. You feel me? Like, yeah, you can score. Let's say he's playing one-on-one. Yeah, you can score, but if you can't stop the ball, then what you what you doing? He got a no-look steal, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> bro, say that again. So don't you ever talk about that. He the first player in the league got a no look steal, bro. I get him that. You can't say he don't play deep. I, I get him that. a no look steal. I get him that. My man's got a no look steal. <laughs> nah, but I get what you're saying though. Yeah, he is like you know what I'm saying basically ISO ball, but he was very important to that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Points they wouldn't win. <laughs> I just think Not he just. Game. I think hard like what what they do for Harden is um. Uh, like they were surrounded with people who gonna play great defense. So why does he need to play? No, he he, he, he can't play a little bit. But no look still, it's amazing. It's a BS, but it's no, nice. I like the Jokic pick. Though I pick Jokic as my MVP too right okay. now, just to go against the grind. Yeah, yeah, that's a hot take. Cause everybody want Takumbo, Antetokounmpo to win that thing. Um, you know what I'm saying? They everybody Harden, Antetokounmpo. Well, I don't know. I don't like Harden. I, I don't think Harden. Well, I don't like his play style. At the end of the year, we all know who it's going to be. So. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a popularity contest. It's not really the most valuable player. It's the uh, best player in the league. Yeah, no. But if but if, if I feel like if Giannis was in a different like a different team that it was uh, like if he was and in a spotlight place that, like that say, like what if Giannis played for New York? If Giannis played for New York, he'd get MVP just because LeBron, of the spotlight on James. New York. If oh yeah. That's where Kevin Durant need to go. But no, um, I think something that's very important to mention with the uh, MVP race is uh, it go it can go to Greek, it can go to it, you can make a case for Jokic. Um, obviously, Harden and what he's done the last uh, three weeks has been like phenomenal. Um, someone that can be kind of mentioned, you know, you don't have to put him at the top. Nope. But someone else on that team, mm-hmm. he can definitely be mentioned in that conversation yeah. to be maybe fifth, fourth in terms of voting. I mean, him and uh, Russ doing that. Yeah, thing. Russ is averaging a triple double right now. PG is sparking the mess out of that One defense. Thing man. Russ is he gotta he gotta shoot a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm not Two, even really. Con- I'm not even. Like I'm not even. Con- yeah, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> even, whatever. We're not even gonna talk about. I'm not even considering because he uh, may be mad. That's that's what I was talking about earlier in in the, in the, in the in earlier when I was talking about how they played the other night and it was double overtime. Russ did not take a shot. I understand, like, uh, you might, I don't, but then he had, what, like, he had, like, 24 points. He had so, 24 assists. He had 24 yeah, assists as well. Cool. That was a career high. But I think at that point, that's the first time I feel like I watched Russ, and he was really, because I guess if he would have had 24 points, 25 assists, he would have been, he would have had, the, like, the most impressive triple-double or whatever it was. But, like, that was the first time I've seen him, like, it looked like he was really trying to stat chase. And I'm like, where, where where have we lost you that you're stat chasing instead of trying to win the game at this point? And you know, Paul, like I said, Paul George. Oh, and I'm so sorry, T. Well, he's so quiet, then you you almost forget about him. But Kawhi Leonard definitely has an argument for MVP as well. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's averaging 27 a game. He's shooting well as always. Shooting 37 percent from the three point line. Shooting 50 percent from the field. Shooting 85 percent from the free throw line. Eight. Rebound, seven assists, 
uh, one steal, almost a block a game as well. Um, so he definitely makes a case. Warriors, nobody on the Warriors has a case for MVP because all of them cancel each other out because all of them are equally good. You know, they're just super good. And they're and they super lame, but to each his own. Anthony Davis, he is second in terms of scoring in the NBA. Also has a double-double. Also has nearly five assists a game. Also gets nearly three blocks. But he plays for a losing team. And when you play for a losing team, it's hard to consider you being a valuable piece when um, the win column isn't just there. Then you have Joel Embiid. He's played well. But I wouldn't quite put him in that conversation yet for um, MVP. But I would definitely go with um, guys like Greek, Kawhi, and then... uh, um, James Harden and then Paul George. Those would be my four, and then Jokic would be my fifth. Jokic would stand at my fifth for um, the top five midseason um, MVP candidates. You guys like that list? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. Paul George making making his case so far, and so um, All Star votes. You guys made your you guys put in your votes yet for NBA All Star? I, uh, I did mine last night. You go to NBA.com and vote. Oh, <laughs> you know. See what you mean? You don't know. Bleacher Report, bro. <laughs> I be on Bleacher Report. I don't be on NBA.com. Yeah, NBA.com. Uh, go get you guys. You know, support black businesses. I, right. uh, <laughs> I voted, and um, I'm going to tell you guys who I voted for in terms of East and West. And then you guys chime in and tell me who would you guys want, you know, the five on each side. You got to pick two guards, uh, two forwards, and a center. You know, or three forwards and um, two guards. And so for the West, I went with um, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. Good job, bro. Way to, way to put that man Damian in there, bro. Oh, you know, every time. And so what do you guys think of that list for, uh, look at his eyebrows raised. <laughs> his eyebrows raised for uh, me all-star voting. My On the West side, I picked LeBron James, Devin Booker. Anthony Davis, oh. Paul George, and uh, Damian Lillard. With some reserves? No. Nah, <laughs> <What's the laughs> reserves? No, that was just the five guys I picked in terms. You only can pick five. Pick five so I picked five oh, from the West and five from the East. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I just, you know, I picked the team, the guys I feel deserve to go. <laughs> no, so, so tell me why. Because first of all, <laughs> you got Curry on there. Okay. Oh, I Damian Lillard. Here. Curry. <laughs> so you got, okay, so you want Curry in. All right. Oh, two guards? All yep. right. I'm going to go with Curry and James Harden. James Harden. And LeBron James. Obviously, yep. Kevin Durant. All right. Okay, so that, okay. And probably, what, AD? And the center is Anthony Davis. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, you like know, that's, that's the more, you know, so they going to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's with it without my boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you, Jamar? What do you think? About your pick? Yeah, you know, LeBron James. I told you I like Dame. Yep. I like AD. I like AD. Yep. I like LeBron. Yep. <laughs> you I get fired like, when it comes to Devin. And I like Paul. I like Paul George, but Devin, man. I, I guess I guess the, the reason why I look at them like that is because <laughs> it's of, the Suns. Yeah, yeah, they suck, man. They suck. But Devin Booker <laughs> is, is is that that caliber player though. He's been injured a lot too. Though. Yeah, he's been injured a little That's bit. That's the only thing. For real. And then in the in the East, I have uh, Giannis, uh, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, and Victor Oladipo. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. I go with Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> Barry Irving, Barry. <laughs> um, what I got? I got a guard, Barry Irving. Uh, I need a shooting guard. I like Bradley Beal, but. <laughs> you don't want to give it to him. <laughs> I mean, like, like, you don't really have too many options, for real. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. He's playing kind of trash this year, but but he really the only option. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing well. They just suck. <laughs> um, yeah, Embiid. I keep Embiid as the center. Uh, who else you put? Oh, Vic. Yeah, I go with Vic, too. Yeah, what do you guys think about that list? Uh, Victor Oladipo, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal. I love Vic, man. Um, before, like, I just thought Vic was a younger D-Way when he first got in. Uh, I like Kawhi. I like Joel. I, I love this list, actually. This is a great list. I'm proud of you again. <laughs> you proud of me again? Yeah, because Bradley Beal been doing his thing this season, man. He like, he been, he been doing his thing, but he really yeah, doing his thing now. Nah. choice. Yeah. You right. Step up. I mean, he ain't have a choice when John Wall was playing, but. True. So, yeah, so look at the list, guys. Uh, oh, Dwayne Bacon on this. You got 24 hours to vote. Way better than my phone. You got you got some players out there to vote for, gentlemen. Who would you vote? Who would you vote for? Would y'all put, put Luca in the All Star game? Yes. He. Uh, I don't know if if rookies can go, but if they Blake can, definitely. you it's undeniable. You know, Blake you, went. You he just wasn't. To. I think he was injured at the time. Yeah. No. Well, it was his second year, but, would, he, but he's a rookie. I want to see. It was who weird. Make, I want to oh, see yeah, who makes that All Star list. Year. I want to see who makes that All Star list, and then I want to see. If Luca doesn't make it, then like I want to, I want to argue with like who would I, who would you take out, you know? Mm-hmm. So you would have Luke. Okay, so you had to pick. Okay, out of, out of what forwards? Because is, is he a, what is he? He both. Wow, <laughs> right. What is Luca? <laughs> is he a <laughs> forward? Is he a guard? Yeah, no, he's they like they the probably have him guard forward. They probably have him guard forward. Um, yeah, guys, five I'll guys from the West. So Lucas one, Lucas, you're one of your one. No, he's not one of your five. Does he have to be a guard? I be because then because like I love Dame. Okay. <laughs> oh, you put him at forward. I put KD at the forward. Okay, yeah. So like, okay, so LeBron. Oh, but so Lucas, Lucas, I could put Lucas a guard. Mm-hmm. And then I go Steph because I can have two guards, right? Yeah. And two forwards. So then LeBron and KD. Oh, no, no, no. Damn, no. I can't do this, man. Why not? This. Why not? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Stress you out. Stress me out. It stress me out at all. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I picked no, no. my player so you. fast. I got you. I got you. I got you. Luke. I got you. Lucas, Steph, LeBron, um, KD, and then Anthony Davis. Okay, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. Yep. LeBron. LeBron James. Luca. Luca. And Steph. And Steph. Okay. Who you got, Malik? Um, Jokic. <laughs> no, like literally. Yeah, Jokic. <laughs> I'll put it. No, I wouldn't put him in. Actually, I would put him in the starting lineup just because he is an exciting player. Like y'all see the type of passes he uh throw. Bro, all he stuff. really it's childish all- out there. That's like what I'm saying. it's the All Star game. We want some entertainment, right? Yeah. And he a good, he a, one of the top players in the league, they do. man. The play. They have all players. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in the starting lineup. Though. I definitely have him on the team though. But uh, Donovan Mitchell too. I, I didn't even put him in there, but he's got. You talking about the West, aren't you? Yeah. Sweet. He what? He what? It's like them girls. Oh, she, oh yeah, girls that buzzer is, beater like that though. Mm-hmm. When she like ran out of bounds, she passed it to her, went out like a like a route. It was cold. What? Mm-hmm. So you got Jokic. Who else? 
I'm put Jokic on the bench just because. Okay, but Jokic. you got four more. I mean, you got you got five. Okay, uh, you got to pick five players on yeah, the West yeah, yeah. and five players on the East. Who's your East, right. by the way? You got to tell me your East too. Yeah, you go ahead and tell me your East while I, you know do my thing. Oh, Embiid, Embiid is my center. Yep. Um, let me think. Forwards, forwards. Um, forwards in the East. In the East. You got Giannis. You got Kawhi. Oh, well, then you just said Giannis. Giannis, okay, so Embiid, Giannis, Kawhi, um, Kyle Lowry. I like him as my point guard. Um, <laughs> I'm not picking Kyle. I'm Listen, picking you know Kyle. how I be making cases every once in a while for Kyle Lowry. I'm not picking. You're not picking Kyle. I ain't. I look, there's two point guards that will never receive an All Star vote from me. Mike Conley Jr. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say that. And Kyle Lowry. No votes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, okay, so I'm wrong here. So Embiid, okay. Giannis, Kawhi, um, Vic. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm surprised no one's. Okay, where is. I'm gonna ask y'all one question. Where's the All Star game taking place? Oh, that's easy. That's uh, in, um, it's, it's in North Carolina. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. And. and Man, he need to be oh, there, Kimba? right? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll put Kimba in because Kimba has done some incredible stuff. So oh, yeah. I like him better than Kyle Lowry anyway. You know, I was just talking I about Kimba like, the other day. I was like, he that player that does great, but nobody really talks about him. Because, mm -hmm. it, bro, what you got to think about again is the market, where he's at. It's just the same thing with Giannis. Like, people think about Giannis just because Giannis is Giannis. But, like, if you put them two in a different market, you put them, put them two in New York together. You starting something? I'm starting something. Put them to You starting something? Kimba and Giannis, New York, 2020. Like, where? I'm, in New York, 2020. 2020, <laughs> 2021. Like, I love it, man. Giannis and, and Kimba. Uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. It's never going to happen. But you, you could dream, <laughs> can't you? You could definitely dream. and that's Giannis, almost... Kimba, and, and Katie. No, <laughs> this weekend, no. those This All-Star weekend is where those conversations take place. So, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But, um... It's been a great podcast today. Uh, we've talked about a lot. You know, we've talked um, basketball. Before we end, wait, wait, wait. Okay. John Collins. For? Uh, he, he, for? No, 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 no. I'm just giving him props. I want to call oh, him for him. He's, yeah. Like, he's, he's playing. Been, he's been balling. Well. No, 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 no. I'm not going to put him he, in. What, he had stuff. 30 the other, yeah. last night, Didn't right? He, game winner. Great show, fellas. Well, you know, we great people. <laughs> you know, it's the first show, 2019. You 2019. 2019. Vibes, 2019. I, I do have my bachelor's now, so. Oh, yeah, shout yeah, out my. Prices went up. Prices went up. Boy, <laughs> I get my master's now. Degreet. Degreet. <laughs> so, yeah, great show today, boys. Um, thank you for listening, those who are going to listen. You can catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all other streaming services. Oh, yeah, 2019. Oh, it's Yeah, it's laying like that for 2019 now. Oh. Uh, Apple Podcast. Okay. I was so looking for us, man. <laughs> we out here, baby. Derek, Derek Newsom, he will be uh, interviewing with us next week to talk about uh, recruiting in regards to uh, football and the impact that's going to have for CMU football and different uh, recruiting prospects and potential D1s. Uh, couldn't get with us today. But uh, he'll definitely be uh, doing that uh, next week. Great talking CMU basketball, as they as we hope they win today, both both them and the women's as well. Uh, Michigan football. We'll see what happens with the um, 
with the coaching aspect, who are they going to get with the position coaches? We'll, we'll be letting you guys know with that. Uh, we'll find out who are the uh, all-star starters in terms of NBA next week. We'll see what happens with the coaching poll for um, African-Americans and what happens with that as well uh, next week. So we'll keep you updated with that. Uh, this is The Rundown. When I want freedom, you my poser when I want justice, you my poser when I want equality. Want me to go somewhere and fight for you? You won't even stand up for me right here in America. Okay. <laughs>